Up For It with Courtney Ammenhauser. The best of the week. Get it out. Kings and Queens on Up For It. FBI 94.5. Yes, that's right. It's time for Kings and Queens. And as always, we are joined by one of our wonderful Kings and Queens hosts, Natalie Caro, and today a special guest, Peachy Fuzz. Good morning to you both. Morning. Hello. How are you, Courtney? Oh, I'm well. How are you two? We're, we're good. We're good trying yeah. to make the best of the best. Well, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> Am I right? So... Today, this morning, I've brought on my good friend Peach Fuzz, or Anthony Severino. They are a queer actor, drag performance artist living with Tourette's Syndrome, and we're going to be talking about the intersections between queerness and disability. Amazing. So, Peachy, I really want to talk about the intersections, because you're a resident performer at the Imperial and a regular at venues across Sydney, you know, people know you well. But there's still such a disparity between being at the forefront of your community, your queer community, and then existing in spaces that aren't always accessible to you and also the rest of the disabled community. How do you even reckon with that? Like, Well, um, thank you for asking. Um, that's a really good question. Yeah, it's really interesting because, um, you know, coming out of drama school and going straight into, like, the queer um the queer scene, the queer performance scene, it's really strange because you get, you know, taught and conditioned to do one thing and then, you know, you you quickly realise that um, the industry isn't made for you um, uh-huh. in, in so many ways, like being queer, being um, a different ability. It's like you're constantly micro-adjusting in these spaces to deal with all the, like, inputs that you need to deal with. Um, I was actually, I was thinking about this question um uh yesterday for example um when you and i we both natty and i both performed at a fabulous festival called big thick energy at dalo um, yeah. and it was a really good example of how spaces can be really accessible because there was ozan interpretation there was like show notes and it was just like a really inclusive space one that was um kind of made for and catered for and just like lots of considerations made for people who have different ability and like a lot of my rhetoric when I was hosting was about neurodiversity and like I had people come up to me after the show and say thank you for even saying the word neurodiverse because I have this oh. or that and like I, you never hear those words come out of people's mouths and you know mm-hmm. I love love the imperial it was like such a stomping ground for me um, but not every stage and this is just the way commercial kind of theater and commercial um, performance spaces work not every stage is catered for those um, experiences and catered to um, people with different different ability yeah most venues still in Sydney are either a not wheelchair accessible and their stages aren't wheelchair accessible which means that they can't perform yeah you make you make a really good point like Big Thick Energy was incredible and it really did something different. But I will say that although those considerations were there, it wouldn't have happened without that funding and that support. And I feel that if I were to give producers, I'm a producer myself, I I produce events and you have as well, Peach. Um, If I was to give all producers the benefit of the doubt and go, you know what, they're trying their best and they have good intentions, it's still not enough because of the vastness of accessibility needs that there are, we need more support. 
totally yeah. even well, even just seeing people on instagram put um like visual descriptions starting i know that. i know absolutely yeah. um we'll get uh, more into accessibility in a minute you so we're, we're on the second season of rupaul's drag race australia <laughs> Yep. When the first one came around, I'm sure um, you were flooded with some questions and like, are you going to apply? Are you going to apply? And you spoke out about how that's never going to be a reality for you. Can you talk us through your thought process and how you came to that conclusion? Yeah. So I, I love like, I love early report. I love the first couple seasons when it was like basically a piss take. Yeah. The glossy <laughs> vanilla uh, Vaseline filter, American Next Top Model, yes. pretty much shot for shot piss take. <laughs> Um, but it, yeah, it, it's kind of become um, quite overproduced and it's, it's, this it's this huge machine. And it's something I talk about all the time in um, art and in film and TV, we don't see representation enough. Um, we see lots of like, obviously RuPaul is like a huge champion for POC art and talent. And only in the later seasons, we're including like um, trans and gender, not gender non-conforming people, but um, it's not enough for me. Um, enough. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I, I've, I've watched that show since season one and I've never seen anyone who's generally even neurodiverse or if they have been neurodiverse, like it's not been talked about. There's not, there's not one of those classic mirror confessional stories about a neurodiverse moment. And so it's really hard to see um, a show which uh, celebrates Queens, but it's kind of this parochial vision where it's just like, you know, it's good for the dissemination of the art form, but on the flip side, you don't, you don't see people like me, you know, I'm a bearded queen. There's one bearded queen in Holland's drag race, but you'll never see it on America. Uh -huh. And also uh -huh. like, it, it can be isolating and it also makes me less employable because employers um, will try and hire people who fit that mold now because that's what's in vogue and that's popular, which yep. is fabulous. Pal palatable. Palatable, exactly. And we talk about palatability all the time. Like if we talk about icky, gross, yucky things, which, um, you know, the average punter doesn't want to hear about, it, it's kind of not for main stages and it, it kind of falls in the cracks and goes into the underground, you know, and that's where we have to like exist as grimy in a West queers with dirty Doc Martens, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Courtney, do you watch RuPaul? You know what? I actually don't watch it. A lot of my friends do. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> and I'm like, that I don't... might be the correct answer these days, to be That's honest. So fair, Courtney. I think I kind of but... missed the first few seasons, and then when I it, when it became more like in my vision, I guess. Um, that's kind of more when I think the wheels started to fall off a bit. And I was like, oh, I don't know yes, if it's worth I getting in at mean. this point, you know, like I was a it's bit late so, to the party. It's, yeah. It's up to interpretation. You know, I watch it because of the drag and, you know, you don't see drag really anywhere else, unfortunately, but Peach, you touched on, well, you actually wrote a poem, um, called don't talk about the war and you addressed it like. You're not, you don't know if you're going to be like the punchline. Are they going to talk about, yeah. you know? It's, it was, it's always, always this conversation about like actual inclusivity versus tokenism, you know, that, that that's it. don't mention the war. I, I have a few lines and it's kind of uh, too femme, too ethnic, not ethnic enough, too left, too beardy, too jittery. Those aren't traits that shine on screen, get away with it one-on-one, -on -one, but your body, our vision, don't align, a token, a boring storyline. That's just like the end of that. Yeah. Mm. And it just, that's what it is sometimes. Like, I don't want to go on that show and I don't want 
the producers to go, okay, you have Tourette's, let's make this whole segment about you. Let's let's milk the shit out of it. I, I, I would love to be so visible on a huge platform, but I would love to do it my way. I don't have the faith yes. in those producers to make it uh, a moment which um, will be respectful and inclusive to everyone. I, I think I just don't have, like knowing the show and knowing people who have gone the show, colleagues of mine, I, I don't have that trust in that show to be able to do that for me. Yeah, there's a lot of no, um, creative control that you would have to kind of let go of. Surrender. And they, yeah, yeah, that you totally surrender and they would just be moulding it to suit whatever their vision is, like you say in, in your poem just there. Peach, we're going to take a short break, but you've brought in a song. Uh, can you yes. tell me about it? Yes, it's um, this song called Interni by this wonderful um, African woman uh, called Fatumata Diwara. And um, the word Interni means my love or my confident. And um, this song talks about the migrant experience and the displacement of people. The first line, um, it's in Mali, Malian, and it's um, my love has gone far away and may never come back. And I just thought it's such a beautiful song and such a beautiful sound. And I love, I love Fatu. I heard her first. Um, because Disclosure did a track with her and it's nice. It's such a good song. Love, Fatamata Diawara. Let's get into it right now. We'll be back in a moment. So before the break, we touched a little bit on accessibility, RuPaul, um, you know, you don't want to be the jinx monsoon of the show and have your narcolepsy made a, a comedy skit about. Um, but we're going to talk a bit more about accessibility, even though we're having these conversations within the queer community, um, there's still not enough assistance. One example is even the press conferences in New mm. South Wales taking oh, away yeah. Auslan interpretation. Um, and it's like, you know, if they don't do it, how is a sole producer going to do it? Yeah, no but money. <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you had um, an experience recently with the NDIS and their funding cuts. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so I had this really beautiful experience with the NDIS. Um, last year, I wrote this big four-page document, which is um, available for anyone to read on my Instagram, on my link tree. Um, Peachy Queen with a KW is that handle if you want to access that. Because what it was, was a big admission, um, basically telling these insurance people who know nothing about the medical side of disability, mm. what, I, what I go through daily. And that my caseworker was telling me that was a really good help for me actually getting funding. The second year comes around, they cut 80% of my funding. <gasps> and like three, three major services that like were like making me feel the best I've ever felt, like really improving my quality of life so much. So they just took them away. And it's like everyone I've talked to who either works as a healthcare worker or is actually on the NDIS has shared similar experiences of the second and third years, they just cut and cut and cut because um, they want to do this. It's kind of this like bureaucratic red tape. They, they make it yeah. hard for you. They make you jump through more hoops to say, oh, we'll just take it away. Uh, and if you don't... Um, Appeal <laughs> and see yeah. if they fight for it exactly literally and so um i'm i'm in the process now of appealing it and re-traumatizing myself and basically having to prove that yes it, i it still am disabled um it's just it just means more time and money for me it means like going to an occupational therapist it means like 
writing more reports and like spending more time on this when I could be doing other fun things like sleeping. Absolutely. And those with the most access needs are the Literally. ones who have the biggest hoops yeah. to jump through. Exactly. You know, yeah. exactly. It's just like, it's like old mate Senno, like they make it old so hard. Senno. To old mate Senno. Oh, and old there. mate Visa, old mate green card, you know, you yeah. want it, you got to fight for it. It's like Survivor. Like, yeah, yeah. Survivor is like online. <laughs> hey, that's a skit, Peach. Let's do it. Let's ride it, baby. <laughs> I reckon. I feel okay, like, so you, yeah, Courtney. I was just going to say, I feel like it's similar with like unis as well. There's always so much like shit to jump through, like, and it's always yeah. like, like, yeah, and like you mentioned, it's usually people who need the help to like get out of a course <laughs> yeah. or, you know, they're having a hard time and they, yeah, they need to get a exemption or whatever. And there's so much admin just to get like the bare minimum help. Yeah, my English high school teacher drilled that into us and was like, you've got to jump through these hoops because, you know, HSC, from the minute you're a, an adult, you know, it's bureaucracy. Mm. There you go. I hate it. <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> awful. Peach, you, you wrote a poem, Neuroshit, um, about all of this and more. Do you want to share a bit about, share part of the yeah, poem with yeah, us? Yeah. I've got I've got like a page and a half here of it. It's basically um, I just kind of gave birth to this kind of all just came out. I can't even remember where I was or when I wrote it, but sometimes you just like it just falls out, falls, falls out of my mouth. And it's about kind of the like interpersonal and romantic challenges and the social aspects around having a different brain. So um, here we go. The trauma and pain in my body and brain are not visible to the naked eye. Only the naked guy I cuddle one day will notice the trips and the flicks and the brain sticks my mouth and my hands betray. Getting closer for a moment is nice, but when I close my eyes, I worry and fret. Will I disrupt or upset their precious sleep or nerves with my shakes and body swerves? I push away out of fear, so easy to be cold, aloof and hold myself. Showing my soft, mushy, fuzzy underbelly, not something I'm practiced at. Kick a leg out, slide to the edge, body distance, the only way I maintain my edge. I push away out of fear and concentrate instead on what it means to be queer and different and how to use this meat sack I have been given to live, to perform, to love. Oh, wow. What a good ending, meat sacks. We want <laughs> yeah. to end on that. Relatable. Yeah. Always, I think. <laughs> Beach, quickly like, before we... Like, Pardon? Sorry, I just, I'm just going to plug my IG. The full version's on my IG if you want Yes, to. there oh, you yeah. go. There you go. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Everyone yeah. follow Peachy Queen underscore. Am I right? Exactly. Perfect. Thank you. Hell yeah. We'll put some links up You're on welcome. our website as well, feiradio.com. Do you have any upcoming performances uh, that we should keep an eye out for? Um, well, a friend of mine at... <laughs> Sydney, which is another Instagram you should follow. We're just uh, in conversation now. We're going to do another cabaret. Um, not sure where, but we did stargazing, G-A-Y-Z-I-N-G, at Dulcies nice. in King's Cross just before we locked down. And so nice. we're going we're gonna to bring it back in December. Um, so look out for that. And, yeah, just uh, follow our IGs and uh, like us and love us. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all we want. <laughs> That's it. What a way to finish. Well, thank you both for coming on, Natalie Cara and Peach Fuzz. There'll be links up on our programs page, fbiradio.com, if you want to find out some more info. This was produced by FBI Radio in Sydney.
fbiradio.com. 